All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome to episode 475 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today. We are live. We've got Daniel staying up well past midnight to join us. Welcome back, Daniel. Thank you. Now uh, we got obviously the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard on the board. Ken, hey, you're being way too reasonable on the board today. So, um, and then we have everyone's favorite. <laughs> yes, his favorite. Reading. Hey, I, I, I got taking some heat this week. Hey, yeah. actually, I got I got quite a few people who were saying that they agreed with my uh, comments yeah, last week. There's quite yeah. a few agreeers there. Yeah, no, last week you were called the voice of reason on the episode because you called it how you saw it, where I was seen as Julian Schill. Um, <laughs> Kool-Aid drinker. The, the corporate tie-wearing. Uh, you, you know what? We, we all take what we take out of these things. Um, obviously, I do skirt a fine line at times, just like some of the topics I have to kill on the message board that other people feel are completely reasonable. Um, say a magic thread. I get hate mail from previously banned users, uh, yeah. parroting that yes. they're, still, they're still able to read the board. Well, yeah, dumbass, everyone's able to read the board. Uh, you don't have to participate <laughs> to, in. to read. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm not having threats against people posted on my board. So I guess that makes me an evil person to not allow threats to be communicated or personal contact details to be posted for people. Um, I'm sorry. I find that objectionable. My board, I pay the bills. You don't like it. You can either comply with them. You can complain about them. um, But it reaches a point sometimes where you get, you know. It's shown the door. It's not me, it's you, you know, and mm-hmm. sure, vice versa. So it doesn't need to be a big deal. Um, this week, we're going to be doing our final regular round of the studio album Deathmatch. Now, how we've gotten to this point, these are the scraps. These are the songs that are left over from Deathmatch matchups previous that had unequal numbers uh, competing against each other. So I'm going to run through for people who may not be familiar with the uh, just bring up the comments page and say hello to everyone who's uh, joined us tonight. Um, if you're not familiar with the, the matchups that we've had that have led to these songs, I'm just going to run through it. Round one featured Kiss versus Psycho Circus, 10 songs versus 10 songs, so no leftovers. Uh, Deathmatch number two was Crazy Nights versus uh, Destroyer. Mm. And there was one song left over, even though I put in the Rock and Roll Demons into that mix up. Um, Deathmatch number three, The Elder versus uh asylum so there was one song left over from that deathmatch number four was dressed to kill versus rock and roll over no leftovers which is a shame either of those albums lost any songs uh number five was creatures of the night versus sonic boom uh so two songs from sonic boom go into this round because of only nine songs on creatures of course deathmatch number six was what was that that was love gun versus uh dynasty dynasty mm-hmm. uh so 10 versus nine almost human went into the scrap heap uh death Matt, almost human into the scrap heap i'm sure ken's eyebrow just raised up pulse down his like <laughs> um number number seven was lick it up versus revenge so there was one song left over from that matchup god gave rock and roll to you too um number eight animalize versus hotter than hell Parasite was left over there. Um, was it Animalize? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm having trouble seeing, so please bear with me. Even though I'm wearing my glasses, the font's way too freaking small. <laughs> God, I'm getting it. Uh, number nine was Unmasked versus Monster. So there were two monster tracks left over. Mm-hmm. Um, Right here, right now, probably shouldn't have been left in the mix, but it was for some reason, so we can't go back and fix that. Number 10, Carnival of Souls versus the album with the most filler. Mm. 
Hot in the Shade. Hot in the shade. So three <laughs> songs will be featured from Hot in the Shade tonight. And uh, then, of course, the last round we did was Kiss Killers versus, um, what was it? Alive 2, Studio Side, mm -hmm. plus right. all the other uh, individual songs from the catalog. So we've got 10 songs that are left over. And just to keep it nice and simple, the songs from the first half of the death matches five songs went into the into the red cup and from the second half went into uh the green cup because it's already been random so it's all very easy to do and some of the songs that we've got going up against one another tonight uh, obviously almost human when lightning strikes never enough dark light when your walls come down parasite the devil is me all for the love of rock and roll rise to it betrayed somewhere between heaven and hell and god gave rock and roll to you Daniel, I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think any Hot in the Shade song is going to make it through to the next round in this mix-up tonight? Um, I think it'll be kind of hard for, for the Hot in the Shade songs this time around. There aren't too many good anyway, but um, uh, <laughs> those that were left over, I, I don't see too many moving on to the next round. Nope. All right. What about you, Mark? Well, logic would tell you that none of them should get into the next round. But the problem with these things is that it's all about the matchups. There could be one that, you know, somebody can, you know, match up with and you'll say, God, as much as I'd like to eliminate this Hot in the Shade song, I just can't vote for this other song. So you never know. Yeah, can. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it just depends on that one song that like, oh, wait a minute. This, you know, this is a crap song and the Hot in the Shade song is maybe not as crappy as that other one song. So we'll see what happens. David Parrish, what a horrendous list of songs I just read out. I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would compile those 10 songs into Kiss's 97th compilation album. It's but you know, so why don't we just jump straight in? Lonnie's mm -hmm. been held up, so I'm going to withhold voting, and unless uh, I may just give my opinion at the There's end. There's a anyway. tie. Well, there won't be a tie with only three of you, Ken. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> First song out of the hat is "When Lightning Strikes" is going up against. Oh, lightning strikes. Start doing a little dance when I hear that. A very catchy song, no matter. If David thinks it's horrendous. <laughs> Somewhere between heaven and hell. That's oh. ooh, that's really rather interesting. I won't say it's tasty, but uh Daniel. <clears throat> Somewhere between heaven and hell or when lightning yeah. strikes. <clears throat> I sort of like both of those songs. I thought it was kind of cool that Tommy Thayer finally got uh, a song of his own, uh, even though it was heavily ace influenced. When it comes to the lyrics, I thought it was kind of cool. But somewhere between heaven and hell, I think has one of the strongest choruses on Honda Shade. I kind of like that song. I just wish they would have put some more effort into making it sounding good as well. Because as we all know, the demos uh, presented on Honda Shade sounds like crap. But uh, I actually, I have to vote for the Honda Shade song. One of my favorites off, off of that album. All right, we've got cool one for song. hits, one for hits. All right, H&H. &H. Mark, you've been pondering. You, you look like you're very serious about this. <laughs> and, well, and is that, is that Shadow snoring? Yeah. Okay. Once That's again, him snoring, all right. Wake up, Shadow. Um, both songs are not very good. Uh, the guitar player in me wants to kind of lean towards you know Tommy Thayer's song because you know you give him some give him some love there you know because he always gets the heat from everybody but i think somewhere between heaven and hell is better you know i agree with what daniel said that you know the the production of it is just terrible but the song itself is is pretty is pretty good you know it, it definitely has some strong points in it so i think i'm going to also go with uh heaven and hell as well yeah, I mean, it's a reasonably good gene composition for the air, so... Surprisingly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. it's not bad. Wait it's just, it's, it, it's just one of those songs. I mean, if it had been recorded properly... Yeah. Yeah, 
Could you know, maybe with Bob Ezrin producing. Oh, God. No, that no, Ezrin. Yeah, that would have made it fantastic. No. Uh, all right, Ken, yeah, your vote doesn't actually count, but... Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go with, yeah, Heaven and Hell. <laughs> that that one is is uh, better for Ken's me. Ken's going to vote it's for more, Yeah, but yeah, it's more memorable for me, too. When I think of both songs, <laughs> I, that one... I can you know hear the chorus in my head easily uh, on that one versus lightning strikes, um, which is more. You can't remember that cowbell. Seems more generic uh, than than heaven and hell. So, uh, shadow yeah, man, I'll, pipe it I'll down go, there. I'm with Gene. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Adam, Michael, Blue Racer, Brian Foster, uh, Steve Bond everyone it's unanimous in the audience um that heaven and hell should be it so you know we'll, we'll put the audience vote in there in place of lonnie um and then i get to vote meaninglessly as well i'm actually going when lightning strikes and i really do like somewhere between heaven and hell but just like i said about the, the kind of danceability or the bopping your head that let's put the x i've been guilty of with that song mm -hmm. i really do like when lightning strikes for a similar sort of reason that it is a very catchy up-tempo positive acdc song um <laughs> right you know no, it, it's it's a really yeah. decent it's a decent song, and it, yeah. it's one I would I really wish was in the set. You know, if we're talking about yeah. a, a set now that's dropped a further song in the past week, um, oh so the God. show's even shorter. You know, to have Tommy do one of his sign, he's got two songs to pick from. They've got two songs for Eric. I would take either of those, yeah. you know, live. So mm -hmm. that's just that's just me. Yeah. Somewhere between hotter, uh, somewhere between hotter than hell, um, <laughs> goes goes through to rise your heart. Yeah. Um, and when lightning strikes, goes into the trash heap. Let's go. Next next song coming out of the Gene Cup <laughs> is going to be Never Enough. Mm. Oh boy. And actually, I don't need to write it down yet. Mark, you're going to go first with this, okay? It is up against, must be a short song title Parasite. Mm. Uh -huh. All right. Well, actually, Mark's the one who's getting to go first. So we have no idea where this one's going to go. Yeah, you know, it could, it could go either way in this one, you know, because, you know, they're, they're both so equally good in songwriting and approach Production yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry i was just choking a bit there um no they're not even close like not even not even remotely close never enough is pretty pretty annoying it's pretty standard it's i like that term vanilla it's very vanilla that song you know paul stanley likes that seemed to like that flavor a lot when he was writing songs during that time uh nothing too memorable from him around oh there's some songs that were good but you know Parasite, come on. I mean, that's such a great song. I mean, even even my band covered it. Can you believe that? We, we did that live once a couple mm. of times in my band. So uh, great song. I love it. You know, I, I'm surprised, though, that Ace never sang it, you know, but I still think that Gene would Gene did it more justice. I don't think Ace would have had the same delivery. No. <laughs> Maybe yeah. now he could on Origins Volume 3 since he's, you know, done Cold Call. Um, I don't Dude. think so. Trying to grab a hold. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. Paras uh, parasite or never enough? I can't get it. Never enough or whatever. Um, uh, parasite, yeah. Uh, parasite, for sure. I mean, it's classic Kiss. Great song. One of the great songs, better songs off of Hotter Than Hell. So it's a no-brainer. Never enough, not bad. It's not bad. Uh, it's actually one, probably one of the better songs on Sonic Boom, but uh, what? it's not. It's nothing compared to Parasite. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it one of the better songs. On well, Boom. Well, look at the rest of the material on Sonic Boom. So <laughs> that's 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 brutal. I think I think I should have t with this matchup. I should have thrown these back and done a different p matchup, but it would have been even worse. Daniel, yeah, me and Mark, we did an episode for another podcast uh, the other week. It will be released in August, where we 
we picked our favorite Kiss riffs, and Parasite was one of my top ten favorite riffs mm -hmm. of all time. So, <laughs> Parasite against Never Enough. Uh, it's it's a home slam slam dunk for for Parasite. It's such a great riff, such a great song. And again, the audience is unanimous on Parasites. Um, yeah, Parasite. I I don't like another. Again, the audience is. What the? Turn, turn me off. I don't want to hear myself. That's embarrassing. <laughs> All right, next matchup. Adam, North Carolina. I'd rather hear the sound by "ack" over and over than listen to "never enough." Yeah, "ack" all night. All right. <laughs> Dark Light. We got a bit of Ace here tonight. Dark mm -hmm. Light. Versus. Eric Singer. Watch out. All for the love of rock and roll. Mm. Versus this is Dark easy. Light. I don't know. Is it? I, I say it's easy. But uh, Ken's going to go first, Ken. So is it easy? Is it easy? Yeah. All for the love of rock and roll. And Versus uh, dark light. <clears throat> Ace's only song, real songwriting contribution to music from the elder versus dark lights. Yeah, Bob Seger. Dark lights not bad. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I like the little guitar solo deal. Wow, he was yeah. in the middle of it. Um, and it used to be what don't run or whatever uh, before it was dark light. Uh, All for the love of rock and roll is, is a cool song. Um, that is difficult. I'm gonna go with dark light because I I do kind of like that song. You actually had to think about that. <laughs> but I had to think about it. Well, I, I had to think about it. All for the love of rock and roll is a cool song. Uh, you know, and Eric does a great job of singing on it, but. Uh, Dark light is better for me. Works better for me. All right. Uh, Mark. I have to say first, the people in the gallery here, the comment section, you people are out of your minds. Dark light? Ah, no. This, this I right away when I heard this, uh, I, I right away said that this is no contest. This is for sure all for the love of rock and roll. This song is much better in my opinion. I, I've always liked it better. I always thought that Eric Singer did a great job singing it. I always thought it was a crime that he never gets to do his... <laughs> and he, he doesn't get to do songs like this live that he's only forced to have to do like Black Diamond or and, and do a really bad, you know, cloning of Beth live. Why doesn't he just do... Why don't they let him do his own material that he did for Kiss there? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So to me, I'd rather have Dark Light obliterated from the catalog and let them do all for the love of rock and roll. <clears throat> Dark Light is really, for the amount of people that that has that are involved in the songwriting of it, including, you know, what's that uh, fool again that's in there? Uh, that guy from uh, Velvet Underground, what's his name? Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Lou, yeah, Lou Reed. I mean, you even have that clown in there. And he and it doesn't and it doesn't and it doesn't make for a good song. So, uh, yeah, I, it's it's all for the love of rock and roll for sure. I think. Wow, we have a a tie to be broken, Daniel. At least Lou Reed <clears throat> did a better job on Dark Light than he did with Metallica. You know that mm. Lu Lulu agree, or yeah. Lucy La -la. or whatever. La -la. Lulu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just horrible one of the worst things I've oh yeah heard yeah that's terrible yeah uh well for me it was kind of easy i think it if it was the other way around that uh the eric singer song was released in uh 81 and dark light was released later no one would even bother about dark light because mm. to me dark light is kind of a <clears throat> substandard song um even though on the elder it's not the worst on the elder. Uh, Ace kind of still was a rocker on, on the elder, and it's uh, you know um, a, ro a ro rocking song. But against uh, the Eric Singer song, uh, it doesn't stand a chance for me. Uh, even though Paul was heavily influenced by another song, he, he stole a whole lot for for, for, for that one. But uh, 
I think it worked so well with with Eric Singer on vocals. The lyrics goes, you know, it's classic Kiss lyrics, and I like the vibe of the song. It kind of reminds yeah. me of early Kiss, something that could have been on Dress to Kill or something like that. One of the few songs from the later records that that I still listen to. So for me, I love uh, not I love rock and roll. Uh, uh, Another diamond <laughs> for the love for the yeah. love of rock and roll. Yeah, uh, could go on a few more rounds. Uh, a good song, but on the other hand, I, I see why they can't play the new Eric Singer and Tom Thayer songs live. I mean. For us diehards, of course, but at this point in time, I don't see them playing them. Yeah. I really don't see a reason for them to play them either. But I still go to the record and listen to that song. It's a good one. Okay, well, we have a bit of a tie because the gallery, with the exception of Adam, uh, who has aligned himself with Mark, is all <laughs> dark light. So I'm going to break the tie. So you're changing the rules. Yeah, I thought you. <laughs> Wait. In the midst of the show. You... No. No. Yes, you I've are. Been, I've, I've been putting the gallery vote in the whole time. Okay. In place of Lonnie. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Sure. I have. I have. I, I'm not. <laughs> sure. Would I? Sure. Sure. the time. Try to would... tell yourself that. Yep. Suit and tie, Julian. Yep. Suit and tie. Because the masses think dark light, Julian's going to see to it that dark light moves on. Sorry, mm. guys. Oh, okay. We mean sorry, like, guys. You you want to you want to be like that? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, yeah. no, I will go with what the panel says, not the masses. Sorry, gallery. Daniel. Daniel has. <laughs> <laughs> And I just nearly put dark light in the in the in the pile. So I would have actually gone with dark light because I am not a big fan, but I liked your observation about it being a road song very similar to Dress to Kill. I mean it is kind of in the same theme as uh, you know, room service, ladies in waiting, you know, two timer, all, all that those songs which were from the experience on the road. Um and it is kind of autobiographical regardless of you know the writers for eric so good observation all right here we go ken mm. almost human yes oh. Oh, yeah. it's going up against me knocking over <laughs> ten. Ah, almost human versus the devil is me <laughs> can gene beat himself <laughs> Oh, God. I'm not touching uh, that. Okay, so who gets to go first on this? We're back to Daniel. Uh, well, two Gene songs, but uh, the, the classic one, of course, goes through this time. Uh, almost Human. Not the best song on Love Gun, according to me, but I do like the riff in Almost Human, and I kind of like the theme of, 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 of the lyrics, uh, you know, so, kind of dark lyrics for, for Gene. And I like that do-do-do-do-do-do. That's a mm -hmm. cool riff. So uh, against the newer song, uh, I mean, it's it's easy picking. Uh, it's almost human. Mark. Yeah. Um, I mean, almost human is, it's okay. I mean, like I said before, I, I never liked the whole, you know, Tito Puente, you know, conga drums going on in there you know it just it doesn't doesn't sound very kissish but the other song is just dreadful the devil is me is just brutal so it's going to be almost human okay ken you're yeah <laughs> I, almost, I know you're, ha you're you're having a very difficult time deciding oh no that's not difficult uh, i mean i'm it. surprised there's been i'm not hearing any love for the devil is me because the shouty accusational lyrics are really good i like to too... vocal there and then i love how he's just kind of deadpans the devil is me yeah which is I, too I, much I like reminder this, I like the of style of it it's, it's too much so reminder good. of the uh you know the gene simmons family jewels you know thing. exactly um i i know but it's it's just too that song is a little bit too paint by numbers. 
even for Gene Simmons. So uh, Almost Human is great, uh, great, different. Nothing like it doesn't sound like anything else. Great riff, like Daniel said. Great mood. I, I like the whole vibe of it. The werewolf kind of theme and all that kind of stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, love it. Love that song. Wins for me. Sorry, I would have been the devil as me. Just I think it, it's a I think it's a better song. I think Almost Human is a, a pretty weak <laughs> attempt to write God of Thunder for himself. Yeah, he could do better than that. Yeah. That's Ken Paul Stanley. So, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, who who wrote "Got a Thunder"? Paul Stanley can also not allow a lot of other great Gene songs on the album. So, yeah, there you have it. But he wrote, but he wrote "Got a Thunder." But he wrote "Got a Thunder" Gene Simmons song. <laughs> actually, 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 Bob Ezrin is who who made "Got a Thunder" a classic. Yeah, let's give some credit to Bob Ezrin. No, do we have to? Mark? Yes, we yes we do because it's the truth. If you listen to Paul's original version, the uh, outlook of it, the disco version. I mean, the, the, you completely. Know. Yeah, he that, was doing disco before there was disco. Let me tell you something. If David left that version on the album, it still wouldn't have made the album any worse than it was. Oh, by, oh man! They could have left the disco, and it would have been just as bad. Wow, we've got God gave rock and roll to you. Ah. Two against rise your heart, rise to it. Hmm. God versus rise, which God means that uh, let's go with Ken first on this. So, God gave rock and roll to you, two, <laughs> two, two, uh, to uh, rise to it, really, rise yeah. to it. I didn't know I was looking right. Yeah, yeah, eyes to it. Uh, ooh, uh, wow. There was a recent Bob Halligan Jr. interview. I mean, he's been, yeah. I think, on some podcasts. He did songs, okay. um, song facts interview with uh, Greg Prado. Um, and it was really kind of interesting his perspective about writing Rise to a Paul Stanley, you know. so a good story for you to go and check out it, you find the links on the faq or on uh on facebook uh and i think didn't three sides have him on as a guest i think so but i can't remember yeah um I'm, I'm gonna go with rise to it um it's you know it's a kiss whatever uh written song um it fits more with the kiss style than god gave rock mode too which they kind of turned into their own but it's 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 a cool song God gave Arkmel to you, but it's it's not the same as uh, you know Rice to it. It's a, a great rocker uh, of a song, so I'll stick with that one. Which was Rise, right? Rise, Rise, Rise All your right. heart, Daniel. <laughs> Two weeks back, we we voted for for the greatest uh, Kiss cover, the greatest song Kiss ever made a cover of, and um, this one was. The, at the top of my list, even though the no. cheese, cheesy lyrics, this was my f- top pick. God gave rock and roll to you because I think they they made it a kiss song. And after the fiasco that is hard in the shade, they finally managed to present something that was cool and, and a cool video, and uh, it sounded great. And uh, you know, Gene and Paul uh, splitting the vocals between them. Uh, great guitar solo from Bruce, and they actually did change the song quite a bit to make it their own. Uh, Rise to it, I think it's okay. Rise to it, it's, it's a decent rocker, probably one of the two or three weakest openers on any Kiss album. Uh, and that says a lot because um, hmm. they have made pretty uh, a whole lot of albums. Um, I never really cared for Rise to it. Uh, the cheesy Bon Jovi intro with, with the acoustic guitars turned me off right off the bat. You know, they tried to make Blaze of Glory uh, some, some way, but, but it's a decent rocker. It kind of worked live, but I'll have to go with a cover song, and that is God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2. Okay. Yeah, so they were actually, I, I didn't get Bon Jovi out of it. I got Cinderella. That's yeah, that's same here. Worse. Yeah, something, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. no. Long Cold mm-hmm. Winter is a great album. Love it. Um, uh-huh. Mark. Yeah, I, I have to agree pretty much with everything that Daniel said, uh, except the fact that I think it reminds me of Cinderella. It's just like Julian. It, it definitely, that beginning is Long Cold Winter ripped off to the T, that whole beginning. Uh, and like Julian, I love that album. It's one of, one of my one of my vinyl albums I probably probably will never get rid of. I love that album. Uh, but I have to agree with, with Daniel. God gave rock and roll to you while it is an, a, while it is a song that has been touched by the foul, deadly hands of Bob Ezrin. Uh, it yeah. still is a song that's decent. And like I said before in an episode, uh, this was a song that they used to, see if bob had his chops back production wise and writing and writing wise and i'll have to say that he did a good job and that's coming from me an avid hater of bob ezrin uh so i definitely think that this song is much better than rise to it i think rise to it is it's a good song it's a good rocking song and opening but it just doesn't have the the meat it doesn't have the 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 stuff going on in it the 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 the, the, it isn't thought out as good Yes, Ken thinks I'm wrong, of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, I am right. Well, I okay? Let me tell you, I I'm correct here, okay? Because I think that it has much more thought into the songwriting. I think that this is Paul at his minimum, medium best songwriting wise. Okay, so what was your pick? God gave rock and roll to you. <laughs> okay, th- thanks. There's a whole, there was a whole bunch of word salad added in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure and the gallery's equally mixed on this because Mm. i mean i'm 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 disappointed that god gave us going through even as a brit and this was i think a number four hit yes um back back when um when i got hot in the shade and i heard those intro guitars you know the acoustic crap to rise to it and then it kicked in the ripping bass i was like this is much better. I like this mm. much more than Crazy Nights. So it was really right. a kumbaya yeah. moment for me because it brought me back to the sort of kiss that I liked, even though the album, even back then, was, you know, mm. had some pretty big uh, plateaus and some pretty freaking big ravines mm-hmm. um, getting through those 15 songs. But yeah. Rise to It was a great way to open up that album. Um, as it, To me, it's one of the strongest tracks on the album, period. <laughs> For my taste, but again, as we can see from the audience, um, everyone else is kind of mixed and split on it as well. All right, rise to it. You, you are the weakest link. You have been eliminated. The last matchup in round one of the Kiss FAQ's death match series. Then it gets rough. It's possible <laughs> when your walls come down. Speak of the devil. Yeah. Crazy nights. One of the better songs, I think, on Crazy Nights. Really? Played it live. I know. Not that's too many not, times. So that's, I know that's not a not a, is going up against betrayed. Mm-hmm. Now, now what you Crazy. gotta say about that, Ken, huh? Well, you're not you like get to hold your hold your tongue because uh Mark gets to go first I on like. this last on this last um one. honestly. I I I like Betrayed. I think it was one of those songs that I didn't didn't mind when I first heard it. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I think Tommy had something to do with that song too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it. yeah. Uh, it, I, I think it's there a good go. song. I definitely think it's catchy. It has a memorable chorus. It's one of those songs. You know, there's like we just said already a hundred times now for an album that has 15 songs on it. <clears throat> Try to remember the chorus in half of those songs on the record, you'd have a hard time. But this one I can remember remember for sure. It's very catchy, easy to remember, and I think it's that's a good sign of a decent song. Uh, so I'm definitely going to go with Betrayed. Well, okay, Daniel. Um, I'll have to second what Mark said. Betrayed to me was always one of my favorites off of Hard in the Shade. I think Gene sings it well and. He has a great chorus, um, and they tried that one live as well, uh, but it didn't really work out. Uh, and as always, when it when we talk about Harm the Shade, you would have wanted to see it with a better production. You know, I think that mm-hmm. imagine with the unholy production, 
betrayed, you know, with that sound, it could have been really good because I think it's, um, if they had put a little more effort into that song and if it had been on, on revenge, it could be, have been a classic. So I think it's a good song. Um, the other one I don't care for too much. Uh, uh, I never liked like that one. So uh, betrayed for me. Before I go to Ken, I'm going to bash Gene Simmons' writing for a moment. You know what? This <laughs> betrayed is a song that makes me think of Gene's lyric blender on yeah. Fast Cycle. Yeah. It's, all, it, it's like it's it's vomiting words at the speed of light. Um, it's garbage. It's got, but it does have a cool vibe. Yeah. And live, it, it had a yeah. cool attitude that would be fully realized in stuff like Unholy. So I see Unholy as a successor to kind of the attitude of Betrayed with a little bit of help from, yeah, Vinnie Vincent. So, but my vote doesn't count, as Daniel keeps telling me. Ken. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Betrayed for me. Um because it's Gene. Not because Gene is good. It's a memorable it's a song. Memorable. It's memorable. It's one of my you know, favorite songs, one of the favorites off of Hot in the Shade, um, the limited amount. But uh, it, it's, it's stick, that one's one of those that just gets stuck in my mind. Um, you know, the lyrics thing. Yeah, he needed Vinnie Vincent or Bernie Taupin or, or somebody. Bernie Taupin. Bernie Taupin. Okay, hey, hey, why not, you know? So somebody out there, you know, madman across the water or whatever. But um, yeah, Betrayed is is pretty good song. And I agree with Daniel that, yeah, with a little bit more production uh, effort there and maybe, you know, mixing a little bit different, it could have been a real great rocker. I mean, better than it is, um, obviously. But yeah, Betrayed is, is a winner for me. Yeah, just right. real, real, real quick, human. real quick, real quick. I have to make a comment on, on uh, about what what uh, Julian said about uh, Gene vomiting lyrics. Sure, he, he he did that a whole lot during the eighties. But I was toying with an idea that we could someday do our favorite eighties riffs, you know, mm. from the eighties mm -hmm. records or the no makeup riffs, mm. and uh, I. Um, when I tried to do that myself, pick my favorites, I ended up with, you know, Secretly Crew, Love's a Deadly Weapon, Betrayed. So if you look past the bad and cheesy lyrics, there are some real cool riffs in, in, in those 80s Gene songs. Oh, yeah. Secretly Cruel is basically a 70s song. I mean, that listen to yeah. that riff. Vertigo. <laughs> um, and, then yeah, listen to, right. and, then, and then listen to, you know, Deadly Weapons is basically 70s, you know, even though it's 80, 80 81. Um, you know, so did you did you vote, Daniel? Yeah, I think I voted yeah. for Betrayed. He went Betrayed. Yeah. Will Looks like we're going to have a winner. Yeah, and, you know, um, the gallery is also pretty unanimous on that. Mm -hmm. uh, X and Sex is not Julian's favorite 80s riff. I guarantee you that. <laughs> um <laughs> But there are some pretty bad songs in the Kiss catalog that I've been guilty of bopping my head to. So mm -hmm. I think we, we all have at various times. I'm yep. disappointed to see when your walls come down, go, because, uh, again, um, that just shows a complete disrespect for Bruce Kulik by you guys. It's nothing to do with Bruce. Oh. It's the song. Oh, God. It's a song, man. What is that? I what love Bruce. Come on. Yeah, no, I, everyone loves love Bruce. Bruce. He just yeah. needs the right the right matchups. All right, so let's just recap the 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 winners and the losers, because when they say there aren't any losers, they are losers. Yes. Um, lightning uh, when the lightning strikes versus uh, H and H, whatever that was. Heaven and Hell. Heaven mm. and Hell wins. Never enough versus Parasite. <laughs> Parasite wins. Dark Light. Uh, all for the love of rock and roll. All for, the, all for the love of rock and roll. Yeah. I'll, Hell I'll yeah. Fix, I'll That's fix that right. in post-production while I'm bopping my head to X and sex. Um, <laughs> almost Human versus The Devil is Me. You guys got that wrong too. Uh, An Almost Human goes through. God gave <laughs> rock and roll to you versus Rise to It. You got that one wrong. Uh, I'm going to get my red pen out for this, actually. Uh, 
and then betrayed versus when your walls come down. I think actually it's right that betrayed goes through on that. Um, it, I think it could have done a lot better if it had a few more live performances as well. I think it only had the one. I can't remember if that was uh, Redondo Beach or uh, Stone Pony. Stone, Stone Pony, I think, yeah. Yeah, lose, lose track of all that, that shit. Um, yeah, and Jam, Dark Knight should have won, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, these guys made sure that it didn't. All right, so what's going to happen in the next round is we've got uh, 114 songs. So I can either divide that into two lots or six I'll, I'll figure out how we're going to break it up but it's all going to be random from here here on albums can go against uh album tracks uh mm -hmm. it's not going to be like football where uh, home countries can't play one another uh, for the, <laughs> uh like we like happens in the in the soccer uh leagues yes. um and and then we'll um just start thrashing through those and whittle down the list but i think for the rest of this episode let's talk about some of the you know recent news one of the very cool things and ken uh i don't know if you've seen this yet on the board is the sam t serpent original uh, or official one-eighth scale um statue model thing is one now one-eighth scale is available for pre-order from Kiss Replicas. Hmm. Um, so How it's, much? A one eight, it's a one-eighth <laughs> scale replica of the 1977 Love Gun prop. Um, weighs about two kilos, 4.5 pounds. It's uh, well, the packaging dimensions are uh, close to 16 inches. That's pretty big. Uh, and how much do you say? It 250 units worldwide. Sales oh now open. Um, estimated, huh? estimated delivery date of September or October 2023. And uh, remember, supply chains can affect that. Mm -hmm. um, is that only 299 bucks? 300 bucks. Wow. That's it. And it's die cast, anonized metal with a marbleized oh, resin base with an aluminum or aluminium plaque. Hand painted, custom packaging. That oh. is actually, I'm, I'm shocked. Does it blow point. like uh, steam out or anything, or lights? Does <laughs> the eyes <laughs> light up red? No, I, I think three hundred is a great price? price point for, you know, six. Well, it's a little foot and a half high. That's like that's like uh, a foot and a half high. Yeah, I'd probably be slain if I bought that I, or something. I can but, see Daniel be okay. right on that. You know, it's, it would be it'd be cool to have, um, <laughs> but I probably won't uh, purchase that. But it's it's you know, I'm sure a lot of people will you know buy that really quickly. They'll sell. We all it. know that Daniel's saving his money for the uh, concert stage used torch that Gene uses on the sword. Yeah, save your for, money for, for that. Five thousand dollars. I bought tickets for all my money. No. <laughs> <laughs> have no money left yeah you know i i would be tempted but i would prefer a full scale that doubles as a coat rack mm. that's a good idea coat rack. So, something with a a little bit more multifunction, but i think it looks fantastic it sounds like it's very well made i mean 300 sure bucks for metal and you know uh it, heavy metal yeah in today's economy that's um that's pretty pretty good so good luck to kiss replicas on that mm -hmm. um daniel mark either of you would be in the market for that sort of thing uh i mean daniel has no money but you know getting kiss tickets but <laughs> kiss already took all his money yeah uh probably not i mean like i said before i've never been really much into the that part of the kiss collecting you know, I had little things here and there, like the you know the incense burner and a couple of you know Christmas ornaments, but that's about it. Uh, I I don't think I'd be getting that. I mean, it's probably like I said, it probably looks really good. And it's it's probably worth the money, but uh, yeah, I would probably spend the three hundred and something else. Yeah, man. If three hundred disposable right now. The so. Next the next box set. Yeah. If you were there in 77, 78 and saw Sam Serpent when you were like 10, 12 years old and were really taken aback, I'm sure it would be kind of cool. But but now, uh, entering uh, the KISS fandom much later on, Sam Serpent was never anything special to me. 
so I actually rather buy some laser discs of uh, extreme close-up or kiss confidential that, that, I, that i can't Ooh. even play but but, but, but that means more f f to me it's yeah all about sure. your history your own personal history yeah. so i, I right. won't i won't buy that one yeah i think you've already made the right judgment you've got tickets yeah. to see kiss um mm -hmm. with, with mm -hmm. people who are important to you there you go. That's 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 my pick. All right. So would you? Okay, Daniel. Would you pay yeah. Ace Frehley five thousand no, dollars yeah. to play your Les Paul Epiphone or Gibson on stage? I actually like that idea. The immediate thought that popped into my head into my head was, I'm going to grab my Tommy Thayer Spaceman Epiphone, and the next time Ace comes to town, <laughs> but not at five thousand dollars. I'm not. That's freaking mm. crazy, Curly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get those ideas. Uh, that means nothing to me. Uh, but I do appreciate it. Appreciate the guitar I got from the Kiss FAQ podcast. I play played every week. You know the Paul Stanley Ibanez, uh, and that's mine. And that's uh, coming from you guys. So that means something to me. But having Ace play something, ah, I don't care about that. He can't even play anymore. No, he can't play. <laughs> oh. He can still play, but but his. Whoa. He's always been sloppy, but, uh, you know, not hearing must make it much more difficult live, at least. But we'll see. Maybe the next album that he will release is uh, his best ever, as he put it himself. Since, yeah, the well, best ever since 78. Yep. 78. Yeah. Well, we'll even, be even better than the, that one, is that? Even better than the one from 78. So... That's... Well, Steve, Steve Brown is talking it up pretty fierce. I mean, that's yeah. setting a very high bar now of anticipation and expectation yeah. for Ace. But I think coming anything following Spaceman has got to be a step up because yeah. I think pretty I universally with Probably. one or two, with one or two exceptions on that album, it was pretty much seen as rough, poorly yeah. produced, yeah, poorly un produced. unfinished, and not completely realized ideas. No, um, and kind of haphazard. Which, much which like, is... much like Kiss, he, he needs a producer. He, he needs someone that looks over what he's doing. Then I think it could have could become something better. Uh, and he also needs to put put a whole lot more effort into his solos. His that's crazy talk, Curly. I'm Ace Freely. I don't. Nobody tells me. Ah. No, and I don't practice, and I'm lazy, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem when releasing records. That's a big problem if you're lazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mark. Mm -hmm. Any, any interest? What's the last Ace album you bought? I actually have Spaceman. I I got it on vinyl. Um, I I have I have his stuff. I mean, I have Space Invader. I got Anomaly. Actually, I got Anomaly when it came out on CD right away. Um, and of course, yeah. now they're offering all these albums once again in different splatterized vinyl for your convenience. So you can have a ninth variation of Spaceman if you want for your collection, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I didn't mind Spaceman to be quite honest, you know? I kind of liked it. And, and you I didn't mind it. It's like, I, I didn't yeah. mind the colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, the Gene songs that he did with him were were, were okay. I thought those songs were were decent, but I think that 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 album was actually more of an attempt for him to do a proper vinyl release because it, it was more thought out to, to be released on vinyl. You can tell because it's it worked out on the sides how he arranged it. The other albums were just like he just recorded whatever and. You know, they just put it to vinyl, and that's why they needed double vinyls half the time because it was such a long record and stuff like that. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't mind Space Man, and they, there was quite the push behind that one. If you know, if you remember, there was you know picture discs and all kinds of stuff that came out for that album. But I am curious to see what he does with this one because you know, look, Steve Brown. He's what Mr. We're talking about Mr. Trickster, right? So he. He's probably a big fan of Aces, probably likes a lot of his stuff and probably would be a good person to steer him. But I, I get the same vibe that I think uh, that Daniel had. And of course, he's going to be saying good things about it because he's he's attached to it. Why would you go out there and after you worked on it and say, eh, yeah. I think it didn't turn out that good, you know? Yeah, Ken, what's your take on all things Spaceman? 
Yeah, well, that and the the guitar for getting it signed for five thousand. Mm. Yeah, I think Ace has been visiting uh, Vinnie Vincent's website or something, <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah. getting too many ideas. So, uh, not good ideas. Uh, so it's just crazy. Um, and then Space Man with all the new, uh, you know, the the other vinyls now come out with that multicolors. You know, you learned that from Kiss. <laughs> you know, but, what are you going to do? Okay. But Ken, honestly, I want to ask you something. Don't you find it strange though that p- people are asking these prices and they they're they're, they're just asking like it's like normal. Like asking for five thousand dollars now just seems like like asking for fifty dollars like twenty years ago. Someone will. Well, someone's going to buy. If, someone, if someone's got five thousand dollars and that's pocket change to them, they yeah. don't need to think about mm-hmm. it. All all is fair. Yeah. Um, I I don't give a shit. I'm not dropping five grand. No, neither am I. No, but uh, yeah, there's there'll probably be somebody, one or two people maybe, that will do it. Um, and they have they have the you know. Means I mean, to if, do if it. you think of you an know, epiphone, good, that's good for them. The Epiphone signature models of both the Budokan and the the Tommy Thayer were what six hundred ninety nine, I think, for Tommy originally, at seven hundred ninety nine or eight ninety nine for uh, for Ace. Why doesn't he have a signature Epi model out of the Gibson factory? Um, you know, in yeah. conjunction with the forthcoming <laughs> album, some color scheme for five thousand dollars, because you're going to pay Tommy thirty uh, three thousand or thirty five hundred. I can't remember what it was for the uh, the the Epiphone Explorer experience, which mm-hmm. I did, um, and I didn't do it for the the silver Space Man because I just like that as a guitar. That's the reason I bought it because I needed to replace my Kramer, or was it my wa- I think it was my Washburn at the time, um, you know, piece of crap um, with a guitar, and I wanted a signature model, and I hummed a nod over whether to go Budokan or, but then it was sparkly, and I like sparkles, so I SpongeBob, <laughs> um, and took Tommy Thayer's name off at Sharpish. But why isn't he doing that? That I think would be a much better kind of value. This is like not even having to go to that effort. This is like super lazy which is totally ace yeah you know, bring your own goddamn guitar yeah, because we're true. not gonna lug them around with us in case yeah. they end up like jeans bald not selling you bring it mm. you put make sure you've got nine to 46 strings on or whatever it is um uh make sure it's you know well strung uh, he mm. doesn't say which brand you know what do you want ernie balls you want what you know um <laughs> It's just so lazy. I, I love it from that perspective, <laughs> and I laugh of it for the financial uh, perspective. But yeah. someone's going to do it, and there's going to be a picture of them grinning because they've done a uh, you know an experience <laughs> that no, very few others oh, are willing man. to spend, and it's going to be important to them. Yeah, yeah. You can only offer people shit at that price. <laughs> But it, it, it's just I, 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 for them to I, I want to know where they where do you come up with this idea that 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 a Kiss fan base that the Kiss fan base in general has so many well off people. I mean, maybe there are. Maybe maybe I don't know that, right? Maybe there, there are, are lots people of rich who people. work multiple jobs just to buy the next fucking guitar on a cruise. <clears throat> that is their thing. <clears throat> yeah. And mm-hmm. and while it may be laughable to one person or not someone's cup of tea, you know, both mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum of, you know, declining it, you know, it, it's it's kind of entertaining. But has Ace's company, you know, it's now Monarch Entertainment, and there's been a lot of turnover at the label. Mm-hmm. I, I think the vinyl represses are just a matter of keeping his name out there while they're waiting for this album. It's been a long time since Baseman. Yeah. Um, you know, so product keeps his name visible yeah no one's putting yeah gun to your head and making you buy it no one says you have to be a completist i i would think being a completist for ace Frehley's solo career is pretty lame but some people feel the need or the urge i mean i've got far too many copies of origins origins 2 um I, I can't even keep track of them. They're going to be going into the into the the live auctions that I do. Um, yeah. Two more topics before we end, and and this one, Daniel, goes to you first. Yeah. What do you feel about? Do you love me being dropped from the set? <laughs> you know, it's a few shows ago now that they've you know juggled around the tail end of the 
of the set. I initially thought it was because of the staging. Okay. I, I wrongly said on the FAQ, oh, it was because it was a festival. It was not. Um, mm. I, what what do you feel? A, a shorter set? A shorter set is is no good. You know, today it's actually twenty days until I see them live. So mm. I'm, I have started mm. the countdown. So I'm hoping they won't uh, uh, cut any more songs because uh, I want to see as much as possible. And that song always worked kind of well live. And I know it's one of Eric Singer's favorite songs as well. He always mentioned that one when he gets asked the question. So uh, I would have loved to see that one. Uh, I don't know why they, they cut them, but uh, we do see that Gene is at times struggling a little bit he seems a bit more um, a bit slower on stage and so on so <laughs> i don't know if they have to cut the set because uh, they really don't have the stamina for it uh, but i do hope they put it back in or something else and um, i hope they play different sets when they play Two, two nights in a row. <laughs> I, I get, oh, maybe they, maybe they'll they, they'll do a metallic and do two completely different sets. Oh, oh the 12th, yeah, the twelfth and thirteenth of July when they come here to Sweden. I'm wow. really looking forward to those two completely different sets. Well, you know, the first time I saw them back in '97, I actually saw two nights in a row as well. And they didn't change a whole lot. They they added one song. They added "Come on and Love Me" for the second night. So maybe they can yeah. do that. Add yeah, one so song. I saw them two nights on the cruise, and they didn't change the set list. They did move <laughs> two songs. Well, actually, out, I got thrown out of the show after the other one, but um, hmm. I was at least there for that part of it. Um, Mark, how do you feel about a destroyer song being chucked out of that list? <laughs> well, you would probably think that I would say thumbs up and get rid of it and get rid of some more of the destroyer stuff off there. But like I said before, and if I'm nothing, if not consistent, and that is that I think a lot of the songs from that album are much better live than they are on album. I think they come across much better. We don't have to listen to any, you know, tubular bells or any kind of, you know, you know, Christmas bells or anything like that, or any kind of, you know, piano parts or anything. It's just straight ahead rock and roll. And I think it comes off better that way. I agree with Daniel that I think that it's not a good thing, though, that they're taking it off. Because for people like Daniel, who have been waiting so long and, you know, is even starting his own personal countdown in his house, probably has like a big number 20 on his wall. And then the next day he's going to have 19. Like the and, advent calendar yeah. for guest concerts. Yeah. And then, you know, so for him, hearing that a song has been taken away is probably like a shot to the stomach. You know, he's probably thinking to himself, by the time that you come to Sweden, are they going to remove three more songs from the set list? You know, but he brings up a good point. Maybe they're, you know, as they're coming near the end of the tour, maybe it's starting to take a toll on them. Maybe they're starting to get a little tired. Maybe Gene's like, you know, huffing and puffing halfway through the set, you know, or maybe even Paul is, you know, don't forget Paul said that he's had maybe every major you know, joint in his body replaced or fixed at some point in his career. So, you know, the touring takes a toll on you, right? So maybe at this point in their 70s, you know, they're, they're needing to, you know, wind down like altogether the set list as well, like, you know, bring it down. Maybe they need to extend Eric's drum solo or, you know, make, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll need like 11 minute guitar solo for you. Daniel, wouldn't you love that? 11 minutes of guitar soloing. Oh, oh, do you remember the jam Bruce and Eric Carr yeah. used to do? Yeah. Um, leading yeah. into No, No, No. It, it was mm -hmm. kind of a drum solo into blues, you know, metal jam into yeah. No, No, No. I, you know, I would prefer that to Tommy and Paul. You know, Paul, you go sit down as well. Um, I mean, my concern is that it's been shortened for health reasons. You know, yeah. that age, it, they're, they're, yeah. That they've crossed that threshold to where they're yeah. feeling it, um, you know, or Gene's having problems with his feet because don't forget, a few years ago he, he yeah. had some had some issues, yeah. and those things can crop back up on you, no problem, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're in uh, in that age group. So, 
you know, while on the one hand, I want to say it's less, it's less, it's less. It's like, why is it less? Um, mm -hmm. And all of the things I kind of think of are reasons why they might need to preserve in order to make it through to December of this year. And while it may be shorting someone a Paul song, um, and, and also a song that is thoroughly enjoyed in the set because it's a really good, it's, all the shows I've been to, it's been a really good scene during that song at the tail end of the set. And, do, um, and don't forget too, sorry, Julian, I don't mean to interrupt you, it. but I just wanted to ask you, uh, between the last date of this run, before they get to the Madison Square Garden show, do they have any time off or is it right to Madison Square Garden? No, they, they come back from Europe in the middle of July, and currently there's nothing on the schedule for the rest of that month and August. And then I think things pick up in September again. So they do have some downtime. October onwards is full go to the end, but they are doing gaps um, you know, bet between the shows, even though they, they do keep adding. I have no idea mm. if any more shows are coming. Um, because, like, you know, don't forget that the, these last two shows – are the what the big ones? They're the ones that they're going to be probably remembered for on this tour because they're probably going to mm. film it. They're gonna yeah, but they're they're at the, at the they're at the very tail end of a run, so they're going to be crawling at that point. You know, it it really is, it, and it, it manifests itself to me with feelings of crawling towards the finish line. It's like you see sometimes on the news that that um, marathon runner who's mm. got all sorts of things coming out of the back end because they're just completely empty and have lost all control of everything just on their hands and knees, just going one after the the next. And it's, yeah. it's ugly. It's not pretty, but they make it to that finish line. Is that what it's kind of feeling like at this point? Well, I don't know. I'm not I there. Not. I, I'm not them. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing I'm worried about because, you know, you want to give your very best on that last show because there's going to be all eyes on it. You know, people are flying in from everywhere on this last show expecting something great. So they don't want to no. be in that kind of condition to do that, right? I, I don't think anyone's expecting anything great. From the people who I know, and I'm one of them who's flying in for this, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting something great. I'm simply expecting something special. And for me, that what makes it special is about the people the fellow fans who I'm going to be seeing at that event, less so the band that's going to be providing a soundtrack for 90 minutes during both of those evenings. Um, there's no expectations of Ace and Peter magically showing up on stage and having a kumbaya no. group hug and doing it right, or Bruce to be invited and come ziplining down with a cape. Um, it, the, this, this is not a fairy tale ending. Yeah. You know, fa fairy tales are, are for Disney. Mm -hmm. And this is this is Kiss. This is the road that they've paved. And it's getting bumpy. Disney will buy the Kiss brand in a year or two. You just wait and see. Mm, maybe. So, you know, the do you love me pull, being pulled out of there? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, it, it's, I think it is a gene thing, probably. Um, I think, you know, there could be something going on with his feet. Um, especially when they have those things saying, telling them to sit down. Um, and, uh, you know, imagine wearing platform boots for 50 years. <laughs> I mean, I, it's got to yeah. take a t toll on your feet. I, I just can't imagine. Um, but um, the other thing, you know, with that song out, um, you know, I think they could have pulled something else out instead of that one, you know, say yeah, or even, even, making love you just won't say yeah gone from the set no matter what <laughs> no, no 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 that's not true no, not no, true no. no 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 but uh yeah we'll see um uh, hopefully no more songs get dropped uh going towards the the end here um i'm just hoping you know maybe maybe they'll bring it back in i don't know you know what Maybe the the tape broke for "Do You Love Me." I don't know. <laughs> got, got worn out. Maybe that's why they had to no. pass serviceability. All right, I got one more piece of news, and then we're at the end. And it is, uh, you know, Rock City Machine Company, which is the spinoff band from the guys in Ace's back group, Phil Schaus, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Jeremy Asbrock, and Gang. Their new album is up for pre-order. On um, where is it up for pre-order? Lindley Records. Um, you go on Facebook, find RCMC, 
find Phil Schaus, find Jeremy Asbrock, you know, get their pages, uh, support the album. If you're so inclined, you can mm-hmm. hear a couple of singles. They've dropped a new one, uh, which is really good. Great summer vibe. And I like the last single a lot as well. So if you're so inclined, check it out. Uh, vinyl options, of course, are available. But I guess that's it for now. I want to thank everyone who's taken the time to chime in uh, with your votes that Daniel said don't count. Uh, just remember, it, it was Daniel. Um, <laughs> Daniel. Daniel's like, I'm going gonna, gonna to smash this guitar over your head, Julian. <laughs> You can't change the rules once you started. That's the whole point. <laughs> you say that's the wrong guy. Look at me on the yeah, other Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Julian math, Julian rules. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair oh. enough. But we do appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to join us live today. But for now, from uh, Ken, from Daniel, Mark, and the absent Lonnie, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Who changed the bloody rules?